From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fan. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Steve. Yeah, we are the Forum for the Fans. The Bleed Blue Show. The Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud. Blue Shirts, NHL Talk, here on the Forum for the Fans, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We've got one full week of hockey games under the books, and uh, since our opening night went over the Lightning, definitely want to uh, discuss what happened on the two-game swing in Minnesota, or St. Paul, Minnesota, in Winnipeg, and then the win uh, over the Ducks on Monday night. We could talk about it. I don't have a lot of concerns. If I want to nitpick, you know, uh Maybe the Rangers' defense, but it's like there's holes on every team, every squad. I kind of briefly watched some of the games, not just Rangers. And a lot of teams got a lot worse situations than us. We are in fine shape. Uh, I realize that we – I mean, I not only realize, but when you see it on the ice, especially in the Winnipeg game where the backup goalie situation has been so prevalent for the Blue Shirts over the years, we've been really blessed at the position. If they could tighten up on defense – uh, even going forward, the Rangers are definitely going to be fine. They've been scoring a lot of goals. The games in uh, many, uh, St. Paul uh, last night versus the Ducks, opening night. Uh, let's talk about it. The Ring Podcast with uh, Ranger Proud, of course, RP uh, on Empire Sports Media, Forever Blue Shirts, Instagram, the Twitter. Uh, if you keep on tabs with Twitter Wars with Ranger fans, we got Scott and Glenn with us. But RP, how you doing, sir? What, what's going on, man? How's everything, man? I'm doing good. Enjoying some hockey. That the boys are looking good, and uh, yeah, it's enjoyable. They're a fun team to watch right now. Oh, definitely, without a doubt. We'll talk. Absolutely. Let's get Glenn on. Get Scott on. Glenn, what's up, man? How you doing, man? I'm I'm doing great, Steve. Uh, good to be hey, back man. with you and the guys and uh, anybody who's out there listening. Uh, I, I think you pretty much covered it. We can go right to final thoughts. But uh, let's have some fun for an hour. Let's let's have let's have some fun for an hour. Um, I had a lot of choices tonight to to watch, and I'm watching a very entertaining uh, Bruins Senators game uh, from Ottawa. Uh, it's six four at the end of the second. Uh, Ottawa went up three nothing. Bruins tied it, and Ottawa got three goals in about four and a half minutes. And Bruins got one back, and uh, it's on TSN. So I get the added bonus of watching. Uh, Canadian Tire and uh, Tim Horton commercials. But, um, <laughs> yeah, as far as the Rangers, you're right. I mean, uh, uh, you know, two and one in the last three games since we spoke. Um, you know, you can't complain about that. The one game they did lose uh, very well could have won, if not for the uh, the play of Connor Hellebuck. Um, there's some things that they need to clean up, which I'm sure we'll talk about, and I'm sure the uh, – the coach will work on uh, before the San Jose game on Thursday. And uh, no, I just, uh, you know, you, you you really can't complain with the record. Uh, there's nothing to be too worried about. Uh, there's been times of dominance. There's been times of uh, uh, a little disinterest maybe. Uh, but we haven't seen a full 60 minutes yet, I don't think, uh, except if you want to say maybe the Tampa game. But, I promise you and Scott and RP that uh, I will give you uh, 60 minutes of my attention tonight. So let's go. 
Let's go. Shout out to uh, Glenn. And Glenn, um, towards the end of the episode, we go around for the NHL for final thoughts, man. I definitely want to get your thoughts on the Flames. And I thought they had some good opening week wins. But we'll talk about that because that's yeah. been, for that division, yeah. uh, I, we, had, we had our concerns with all the, uh, the, the the roster moves that they had. And, of course, Mr. Ice Scott. Mr. Scott, how you doing, Mr. Ice Blander? Face off. Hockey hey, podcast. How you doing, good, Scott? How you doing, sir? Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, yeah, I'm in. A, I'm in a great mood here, hockey-wise. Uh, not much. Yeah, three and one. Um, and, and even that Winnipeg game didn't really bother me. I mean, that was a game where I think the Rangers were the better were better team. They had a, a ton of shots. They had over forty shots. Uh, just didn't go their way. I think. Uh, an important thing to pick out of that game is Halak looked pretty good and kind of fell apart at the end, but uh, after that second goal, so be it. But, uh, you know, kept the Rangers in it, and uh, they just – puck just wasn't bouncing their way. The other three games, nothing nothing really to complain about. As we talked about, that Tampa game was pretty much perfect. Uh, the Minnesota game uh, was nice because that period was, uh, <clears throat> was pretty much all Minnesota. The Rangers got that power play goal. Uh, and then it was pretty much all Minnesota uh, for the next, like, 12 minutes uh, until they weathered the storm. And um, I think Fox is the one that scored that goal to, uh, to make it 2 up. And that pretty much ended that game. Uh, after that, the Rangers just took over. So it was nice to see a game. You know, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Game 7 against Carolina, uh, where, once again, Carolina just completely dominate uh, in that first period. They took two penalties, uh, and the Rangers, of course, made them pay. But other than that, Carolina pretty much owned that period. But then once it went 2 nothing, uh Carolina kind of – I don't want to say they fell apart, but I think given as hell it was a game seven, they went into desperation mode, <clears throat> got off their game, and that's when the Rangers went for the throat. And I think it was very similar uh, – I had, to me, anyway, I had a similar feel with this Minnesota game. Uh, Minnesota was just pouring it on. The Rangers got uh, the next goal and, you know, just took off after that. <clears throat> uh, always nice to uh, – even though Anaheim, there's no excuse for losing, but the Rangers did what they had to do. Uh, I don't think the score reflects just how much better they were than Anaheim. Uh, Shesterkin, not his sharpest game, but, uh, you know, under those circumstances, fine. Have have not your sharpest game in there where we're putting up six. We're scoring even strength goals, which is nice. Uh, That was, you know, a big problem last year. Uh, yeah, I don't really have much to complain about so far. I mean, we'll we'll find something. We always do. <laughs> but uh, no, good start. Very good start. I'm very excited. Yeah, definitely. Let's get into the conversation. RP, uh, Glenn and Scott laid out their thoughts. And uh, I mean, if there was ever anything uh, in that Winnipeg game, I didn't like the bat check by Ryan Carpenter to set up the first goal for Winnipeg. It was kind of lazyish. But this is something I think they definitely will clean up. If there's ever any concern with this Rangers squad, I mean, I think they're as balanced of a squad in hockey this year. Offense, defense, goaltending. But I would also say the defense, just through pockets, because, you know, I don't think giving up garbage goals to the Ducks are going to bother me. But the Rangers scoring a lot of goals in St. Paul in Minnesota versus the Wild. And then also, I mean, they just kind of toyed with the Ducks. I, I, I am really in very good shape with the Rangers. Stay healthy. They hit. They they defend when they need to defend, like opening night versus the Bolts. But uh, is there any concerns from you, RP? Is there any thoughts uh, as far as since the game, since opening week last Tuesday? What are your thoughts? And and uh, we'll go right down the line to Glenn and Scott. 
Um, on the offensive side of the puck, I think they're playing well. Uh, I have to say the current lineup that they have right now with Kako on the top line and Lafreniere on the second, I really hope Gallant doesn't feel pressure into changing when Kravstov is ready to play. Um, I'm not knocking Kravstov, but I think he was a bubble player in training camp at best. Um, if he had any waiver exemptions, I don't know if he would make the team over Hunt just because I think Hunt is a grittier player than, and then Kravstov. But the way things are set up, when the time comes, Hunt will be sent down because the Rangers, never mind a holding, you know, don't really want to hold on to 23 players because of their salary cap problems. Uh, he's probably going to be the one that gets sent down. Um, I like the way all four lines look. I like how Stanley Blaze played the other night. I think he plays very well on that line. Um, you know, if, if Blaze comes out, then it's either going to be Hunt or Kravstov. One of them two definitely aren't going to be here probably after this weekend. Uh, Kravstov and Carpenter were both cleared to play, but Gallant today did say don't expect any lineup changes from last night, which goes to that theory. If it's not broken, don't try to fix it. Um, defense has been an issue. Uh, the range of players really addressed it. Last night after the win over Anaheim, Fox had some comments. Gallant was not happy with the way – the pucks were flying in the back of the range of net. He thought that game could have been not as tight if the defense would have played tighter. And, of course, we keep saying they're going to clean it up, but you have to stop cleaning it up because some of these better teams are going to start to light them up. Um, you know, other than that, I, I just think, you know, stay the course. You know, right now, it's, it's like Fox said it best, wins will mask a lot of your problems. So it's good that the Rangers are recognizing that they're having some defensive laps. There is one thing, Steve, now that I'm thinking about it. You know, our seventh defenseman is Lieber Hayek, who did not have a great game against Winnipeg. If one of our defensemen go down, the Rangers are going to have a heap of problems because they don't have a lot in the minor leagues ready-wise to come up. And you got to think that somewhere along with addressing the salary cap issue, they're going to need a, a veteran defenseman somewhere. They lost. Jeff Tenorti to waivers. So he's gone, and he, I think, was our most senior experienced defenseman with the Wolfpack. So it's something you got to keep an eye on because I don't know if these guys are going to go a whole year without having an injury. Highly unlikely. And Hayek for the second year in a row just doesn't look like the man that can step in and play two, three, four games as solid as I guess the organization was hoping he could. Okay, shout-outs to RPA. On the defenseman, um, that is something to keep an eye on as far as the depth. Um, because, you know, injuries definitely come and go. Let's go uh, to Glenn and get his thoughts. Uh, you heard what RP said, and you'd like to say, Glenn, and then we'll go to Scott. Yeah, I mean, actually, I, I must have missed that, that uh, Tenorti uh, is gone. Uh, but, uh, you know, they do have Matthew Robertson down there, but he's another rookie who hasn't, uh, you know, played in the NHL yet. So, yeah, that could become a problem. Uh, you know, you worry about injuries, especially the way Lindgren, you know, blocks shots and takes shots off the, the feet and everything that, you know, you know, he's going to probably miss a few games along the line. And, uh, yeah, that's going to put them in a bind uh, uh, because Hayek, again, just doesn't seem, you know, like he's the answer even on a third pair. Um, you know, I know they had higher hopes for him and maybe maybe a lot of it is that he's been so in and out of the lineup and, 
you know, sitting a lot, being down in uh, Hartford, I don't know. But, um, you know, you would think that he's got an opportunity here. Uh, and, uh, you know, you'd like to see more out of him with the opportunities that he does get. Um, you know, getting back to the team as a whole, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not worried. But, uh, you know, that game against the Ducks could have been 6-2 rather than 6-4. Um, and, and, you know, this is a team that takes a lot of pride in their goals against from, from last year. Uh, I thought Igor has been good, uh, not necessarily great. Uh, we knew it was going to be hard for him to uh, duplicate what he did last year, although I, I expect that he's going to be very close to that over the course of the season. But, uh, you know, right now they were lucky that they, uh, you know, had some teams that they could beat, uh, you know, playing not a full 60-minute game. Uh, I know Gallant had mentioned at the end of the, the Winnipeg game that, that they just kind of ran out of steam at the end. Um, you know, and they were in that game all along in Ottawa or uh, Winnipeg uh, has a lot of offensive stars on that team. So uh, they did a great job. I thought Halak was fantastic keeping them in that game. Um, and I think after that second goal, yeah, they just they, they did kind of sag a little bit at the end. And, uh, you know, Gallant kind of thought that, you know, maybe they could be a little tired. You don't expect that in the fourth game of the season. But, again, you know, they had three and four nights. They had uh, – uh, you know, a back-to-back on the road. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll give them a pass on that. I wasn't too uh, concerned about the Winnipeg game. I mean, they scored six last night. They scored seven against Minnesota. Uh, and actually, Minnesota gave up seven, I think, in the next game, too. So, uh, you know, you wonder. Uh, that That's not usually the style that they play. Uh, I'm sure when Talbot comes back or, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, when they uh, – we, we had – we had mentioned earlier about Mark Andre Fleury when we were going through the divisions about how sometimes uh, a uh, uh, a goalie can kind of lose it over the summer at his age, and uh, you know it remains to be seen what's going to happen uh, out there in Minnesota because that's not the type of game that they like to play. But uh, again, overall, you know they're scoring goals in bunches. The 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 power play is about as uh, efficient and dynamic a, as it could be. Uh, PK has been fine. Um, you know, I think they just have to uh, uh, shore up that that team defense. I mean, not not just the defensemen. I'm not blaming the defensemen, but you know, they just need to. Uh, we talked about that in the playoffs and toward the end of last season, how they had really tightened up their team defense, and we thought that that was uh, a lot having to do with their success. And so we know they could do it, but I think they just need to uh, tighten that up a little bit. You got, uh, you know, you got guys, new guys on the team getting used to their line mates. You've got uh, uh, guys learning a position with Lafreniere going back over to right wing. Uh, so there's a lot of, you know, a lot of things going on right now that you got to give them a little bit of a break and figure that they'll, uh, you know, they'll figure it all out and everything will be fine. But for right now, uh, you know, three wins out of four games, with, uh, you know, what we're seeing uh, from the team, especially offensively, uh, I think it just bodes well for, for the rest of the season. All right, cool. Let's go to Scott, get his thoughts. Um, you heard Glenn, you heard RP. Uh, what are your thoughts as far as uh, through Minnesota, uh, Winnipeg, Anaheim? Is this uh, looking forward uh, as far as improvement? Uh, well, I wanted to – I'm glad RP brought up the Kravtsov situation because uh, I wanted to – 
expand on that. Um, and don't misinterpret what I'm about to say uh, in that the Kravtsov injury is the best thing that could have possibly happened to this team. Uh, I'm, I'm, I take that back. Second best thing. The best thing that could possibly happen to this team was replacing Ryan Strong with Vincent Trocek. But the second yeah. best thing that could have possibly happened to this team was that injury. Now, again, don't misinterpret that. I don't want the guy hurt. I want him on this team. Uh, you know, if he's destined to be on this team, let's. I want him there. I don't want him injured. However, that opened an opportunity. I think we were pretty much all unanimously, unanimously agreed that we that we're, we don't – we don't want him on the top six. He hasn't earned that. Um, but given how light they are on right, right wing, um, they kind of had no choice. And, you know, I've been a big advocate of getting Lafreniere on the top six. He's destined to be there. Uh, he's shown that already. However, left wing, uh, I'm not a big advocate of taking wingers and you know putting them on the other wing that's not their natural position. However, the Kravtsov injury – forced Gallant's hand, gave him no choice. So Lafreniere goes over on that second line on the right wing from left to right, and he's amazing, and and, and that line is just perfect now. Uh, and I really hope that, uh, you know, we're going to get Kravtsov back, if not uh, the next game, you know, then the one after, like he's, he's ready to go more or less. Uh, I really hope that he just does not get reinserted back on that uh, second line. I think you have something, speaking of uh, – uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, you got a, something special there with him uh, on that line. Uh, Trocek, Panarin, I mean, these guys are just, you know, dishing off points. Like, it's unbelievable. Panarin's got 10 already. Um, uh, who's got eight? Zbanejad's um, got eight. Trocek's got five. Uh, I mean, you know, like we said, the goals are coming in bunches. And, uh, you know, these these lines are on fire. I, I, I really want Lafreniere to stay on the uh, on the right wing on that second line. Um, and it was interesting because, you know, after that uh, after that one power play, they put the, uh, I think, the second line, the second power play unit is the kids line, uh, and they put it together and they scored a goal right after, uh, I think it was in the, in the Anaheim game, which was nice to see. However, that doesn't... So, yeah, just a little reminder of what that kid line can do. Uh, however, I, I'm a huge advocate of uh, of keeping Lafreniere there. I don't think when Kravtsov comes back, he should automatically just get that spot back when you have something working. So uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what kind of decision Gallant makes. I think if Kravtsov wants to be on that top six, he should have to earn it. With everything that he's done, <laughs> with how he got here, uh, he needs to earn himself a spot in the top six. And if Lafreniere is working there, even though it's not his natural wing, then you know he he's earned it. Uh, Kravtsov is not. So I want not, Krav, nothing more than Kravtsov to be a badass third line, <laughs> third line right wing. But uh, that's where he belongs, in in, in my opinion. Um, yeah, the defense. Uh, uh, you know, the bad news is the defense uh, shades of last year much, much improved, but still shades of last year. We got Zach Jones. You know, Zach Jones going through what Braden Steiner did last year in that. You know, he's got to mature as that young rookie. Uh, hopefully, he can do it as quickly as Schneider, uh, and that would really shore things up there. And the good news is, is even with the defense playing lax and giving up a lot of shots, the Rangers shots are unbelievable. They've had 35 in every game of over 40 in the last two. Uh, you know, it's, it's nice to, to actually outshoot people and, and put 40 shots up. Cause remember 40 shots, uh, 
uh, you know, last season was at, was at a premium. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, even though the defense needs some help, it's nice that the offense is just firing away. And, uh, oh, one more thing that stood out was, uh, you know, I had brought up last year, uh, last week about um, Panarin, you know, being now a pass-first shoot, uh, you know, shoot second kind of guy. And with what he's done already, he just says, I don't have a problem with that uh, at all. However, uh, it is good. That goal he scored last night um, where he had it in the slot, was looking for uh, a pass. He, he was looking for a pass, didn't see one. Um, and I think last year he may have been even hesitant to, to take that shot um, that's how, in my opinion, that's how bad it got with his reluctance to shoot at one point. Um, so again, I love the, the fact that he's one of the best playmakers in the league, but he took that shot and he scored on it right over the glove on a, on a beautiful, that's just a sniper's goal right there. Uh, so that made me very, very happy because again, I'm fine with the pass first, um, if, if that's his game now, but I also want him to re- keep that confidence that he's still a sniper um, because, you know, he's got to take that shot. He did. It worked out well. So I don't want him passing up on, uh, you know, sniping opportunities. Um, You know, he's, he's, breakaways are a problem. And I think that's getting to him. I mean, the guy cannot score on a breakaway. Uh, So, you know, I'm glad that he got that goal to hopefully remove any doubt about his shooting because he does have a lethal shot. That's, uh, you know, that goes without saying. And it just seemed to me at times last year he forgot that uh, and, and and it was in his head for some reason. I don't know why, um, but, it, you know, it became, in my mind, it became to the point of just pass. And if the pass isn't there, wait make, you know, dipsy doodle around until the pass is there as opposed to, oh, there's a decent shot. Why don't I just take it? So I think that was a very important goal for him to score last night and, uh, you know, keep that confidence that, you know, don't forget you're, you are, you're a great playmaker, but you are still a sniper. So uh, that's, uh, yeah, that made me happy. I mean, that is fair points about Panera, man. Um, it's like he's sleepwalking, but that's how talented he is to still lead the team in points when he's not even on his game 100%. You're right, because the breakaway attempts, he doesn't even cash in, but he gets, he's always going to be the best playmaker for this team. Uh, Scott, I agree with you. And, you know, we could talk about the the mental lapses in the playoffs last year, as even some fans getting on him. I think it was a little bit crazy. But, yeah, Panarin, I mean, the sky is desperately the limit for this guy. I mean, uh, the, you know, the salary for 11 annually, you know, as far as scoring, I mean, he's just always going to be a threat. And it's, that's the great thing about his game, and no matter where you put him on that top six. Uh, and it, it's almost like it's a gift and a curse with Panera because his greatest gift is almost him being too unselfish, where that wrister was beautiful last night. It was just like, it was just nothing. He does it like, like without flinching, you know, it's just natural for this guy. And he leaves it. And you would think after the first four games that Zibanejad was leading the, the team in, in points. And it's really Panarin is leading the charge. And it feels like Panarin hasn't really done shit, but it's set, set up everybody else, which, he, which he's very good at. I want to go back to RP because I actually thought about this all since last week with Lafayette. What's crazy about this, RP, I'm going to get your thoughts and also have a cat question for you. Um, it's it's really weird with him because when he's super aggressive, he hasn't gotten the goals in the uh, Tampa Bay game and the two row games 
Minnesota and uh, Winnipeg. He was, you know, he had like four shots and four and five, you know, four shots in the first two, well, four shots in each of the first two games, five shots uh, in the Winnipeg game. You know, it was very aggressive and just couldn't score, but then he only had two shots and one of them was a goal uh, Monday night versus the Ducks. It's really weird how it worked with efficiency with him. But what do you like out of Lafayette thus far up until this point through four games? But also my other question, because you brought up the defense, and this is kind of a loaded question. If you take, let, me, let me say it like this. As far as you're saying, you know, the depth of lack of, you know, you know if, high, if, 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 no, if another guy on defense goes down, what are our other options? Is trade our option? Is it signing somebody off the street an option? Because I thought when I looked, looked at it, I'm like, okay, how much – Salary does the the Rangers have uh, to play well, play uh, to play with? And I'm thinking maybe what two hundred two hundred thousand dollars as of right now. Uh, they have like what seventy eight million dollars signings or contracts, but they also had that dead money of almost three and a half million. So that's about what a salary cap of eighty two million. You probably only have like one hundred and eighty, you know, uh, two hundred thousand dollars roughly, right? So. I looked at guys as far as who can you sign off the street. I mean, this is probably a conversation for later down the line anyway, right? Uh, a retired P.K. Subban, if you wanted to go that route. What about a Johnny Boychuk, a guy who's uh, probably still waiting to be signed? What about a Danny DeKaiser? Uh, I mean, there's guys who could fill in right away, veterans, but I don't know how much they will cost, but I don't think the Rangers have the cap. So my question to you on that. How do they create cap space to get that veteran defenseman? If you wanted to go veteran defenseman, or would you rather go trade? And also your thoughts on Lafreniere, and I'll go back on you. Well, with the defenseman, you're going to have to trade current players to get rid of their salary to bring in another player at a higher salary. I mean, the Rangers only have maybe seven guys that are making less than a million dollars this season. They only have, like you said, $183,000. If a player got hurt right now, you couldn't even make a recall. It'd be almost impossible because entry-level contract is about $925,000. It'd be really, you'd have to really manipulate and you'd have to start on off days, sending guys down and then recalling guys, which is actually taking money out of their pocket if you have a two-way contract so that your team could save money on cap to bring other guys in. So I, I don't see how they're going to be able to do it. It's why I was very surprised they put Tenorti on waivers and not Hayek. Because of the two players, just based on veteran experience, a team looking for someone for defense was going to take Tenorti, and that's what Chicago did. Hayek hasn't really – he's played in the NHL, but I wouldn't consider him a veteran defenseman. He struggles a lot, and I don't – the Rangers are very afraid someone was going to claim him, but I don't think that would have been a bad deal. I personally think Hayek wanted to get placed on waivers so that maybe he'd get put somewhere else and it would be able to play. So they sort of put themselves in this position. You know, it goes even as supposing Jones just starts to struggle, and now you have Hayek who is struggling. Now what do you do? It's not even an injury situation. It's, it's performance. You know, when you look at the defensemen that are on the contract with the Rangers, Ty Edmondson, Hunter Skinner, Matthew Robinson, 21, 22-year-olds, these guys haven't really played at the level you need them to play. And now in order for them to trade for someone, you're going to have to give up current roster players to take that money off the cap 
to afford someone else coming in. I mean, even if you went with a PK Subban, which totally unlikely, but as a good example, because he's a veteran defenseman, he won at least a million. Well, how do you you have to find nine hundred thousand dollars, another seven hundred thousand dollars free to make that move? You're gonna have to trade two players in order to sign someone like that. You're trading to another team. You can't trade someone that's in the same. I mean, you could try to trade someone that's in the same salary cap situation, but other teams know the range is desperation and might not be willing to do it. So this is something we knew going into this season, how really tight, you know, the, the cap was going to be. This year's the Fox contract went into effect. He's making $9.5 million this year. You know, Truba's making $8 million. Heck, even Lindgren's making $3 million this year. Those three defensemen alone are almost $20 million. And then you go to your forwards, and we all know, you know, the range is up there, $11 million for Panarin and eight point five for Zimbanajad. 6.5 for Kreider. Heck, Trocheck was a great trade for the Rangers, but he carried a $5.6 million hit. So salary cap-wise, they're really going to be limited on what they can do if things don't work out on the blue line. So we just hope – I personally think they're going to be all right. They, they knew Jones was a rookie, obviously, and Schneider is still almost a rookie. We know he played 20, 25, maybe 30 games last year. I, I think they're going to be fine on the back end, but I think – the team has to accept that he's going to make mistakes. He, I mean Jones. You're going to have those growing pains, and you're going to have to accept that. But they're very high on him because he plays on the second power play unit. So I think they're willing to accept his flaws in the beginning and work with them. And he's got Kruber and Miller and Lingard and Fox. He's got a great core of guys around him that can guide him and help him through all these ups and downs. You know, really quick, what you're saying with Lafreniere, we always knew he'd be a point-producing, gritty, hard hockey player. He just never got the minutes. You know, being on the third line, even with the kid line, when you're only getting nine, ten minutes a game, it's hard to find your groove. It's hard to keep going. Now he's up playing with Panara and Troshak, and it's like he must be like a kid in a candy store. But now he got all these opportunities, passing the puck, getting it, skating. I mean, he fits great with that line, so... I just think he's going to start really finding his knack, his knack to scoring and setting up players. And I think, you know, another thing with, with him and with Kako and Hedo, I don't know if you guys noticed, but a lot of times when the Rangers give up a goal, he throws the kid line on that after that. In, in the yeah. old days, he used to call that like a defensive, uh, a prevent line. When I was a kid and watching Ranger games, if we scored a goal, they put on, you know, their three best players that the coach knew they wouldn't come right down and score, which we've seen happens against the Rangers nowadays a lot more. And he's been using that line just to make sure things even out a little bit before he rolls with it again. So you already see, you know, Kako, Hito, and, and Lafreniere being used in almost in a utility position. He knows you can use them on a power play. You can use them with their regular line mates, and then he can put the kid line back together when he really needs to shut the other team down. So I think the minutes that all three of those guys get is going to make the team so much better. And so much confident. You know, you, you see Kako now. To me, Kako, this is the best he's looked. He's confident. Then Bamjad and Kreider will pull him in. And, and the same thing with Lafreniere. Trochek and Panawa are working with them. They all seem to know who each other are in, in the early part of the year. So I, I just think Lafreniere is just going to keep going up and up. All right, cool. Let's go to Glenn. Uh, Glenn, what are your thoughts as far as cash, how you want to handle 
the defenseman situation, if any, with the depth and the lack of cash, uh, or wait, make a move, and Lafreniere, if you have any thoughts, Kako, Kratzoff, your thoughts. Yeah, I, you know, I was kind of thinking while RP was talking that, uh, yeah, I mean, I think for right now we just got to keep our fingers crossed that, uh, uh, you know, nobody gets hurt for any long period of time uh, because it, it, there aren't a lot of movable parts on this team that's going to open up enough cap space to get someone who, uh, you know, a veteran defenseman who's really going to make a big difference. Um I think that uh, Kako has, has shown that he's the perfect complement on that line with uh, Kreider and Zibanejad. He can go into the corners. He's he's good with puck possession. Uh, he's been more responsible defensively. He's obviously worked on that. Um, you know, we saw that beautiful goal uh, that he scored that was reminiscent of the, the, the goal in Traverse City where he went around the net and, and scored. Uh, so, I don't want to see him taken off that line, and I also don't want to see Lafreniere taken off that that second line with Trocheck and uh, and Panarin. Uh, I feel like they're really already starting to develop some chemistry on there. Uh, you know that uh, you know Lafreniere's goal was to play on the top six, so you know he's really happy and would probably be a little disappointed to be taken off that line. Um, you know, we talked last week about, uh, you had asked a question, Steve, I think, about should uh, Kravtsov, uh, you know, uh, would, would he have trouble finding a, a, a lineup spot when he comes back? And, uh, you know, I think the third line uh, would be perfect for him to play with Heedle and whoever they play on the left side. Um, it, you know, it's not a demotion. It's not like he's been getting put on the fourth line and going to play uh, eight minutes a game. Uh, and with everything that has happened with him and now this injury too, uh, you know, it should make him a little humble and, and uh, you know, kind of say, uh, you know, wherever you want to put me, coach, and, uh, you know, have him go out and, and play with Heedle and whoever else because I think Blaze and Goudreau on that fourth line uh, and then mix and match whoever else is a great fourth line. So, um, you know, I think I think all four lines – are really solid as they're constructed right now. And I think the thing, you know, when you when you look at Kraftsoff, I think the reason that they wanted to put him on the first line was that, you know, they wanted to see what they got. They wanted to see if he's somebody they want to keep or if he's somebody they want to use as a, a trade chip. Now, uh, you know, just based on his uh, promise, if you, uh, you know, if he does well on that third line, then he might be a chip that you can use later in the season to – to get a veteran defenseman, but, you know, you also have to think about the trade deadline too. And uh, we know all the talk about Patrick Kane. Uh, You know, if everybody's playing great, then we don't need to go out and get Patrick Kane, but you don't know what the situation is going to be in March. So uh, Kravtsov, again, might be a chip that they want to wait till the deadline for uh, to to make a big, uh, a big trade. So, um, you know, I don't envy Drury, uh, as far as crafts off, but, you know, what do you do right now? You, you got to put him somewhere where he's going to get enough time and enough minutes to produce and show that, um, you know, he might be worth something. Um, but at the same token, you might not want to move that chip too early to, to go out and, and sign a veteran defenseman. So uh, it's a, he's kind of in a bind, I think, right now. And, you know, we'll have to see which way he goes. But uh, I, I'm not sure really what the best uh, – the best use of Kraftsaw would be right now, other than 
put him on the third line and hope that, uh, you know, he shows something and has some value to, to other teams or to the Rangers. So uh, I think that's the way he's probably going to go right now. All right, cool. Scott, anything else you'd like to fill in on? Um, yeah, I got, uh, I got a couple, couple congrats, uh, props for a couple players. Uh, Kako, um, you know, he, he, on that first line, uh, he definitely has taken the next step. I know I've been a little rough on him. Uh, not cried or rough, but, uh, you know, a little abrasive, um, you know, in, in saying that he wasn't in, in my mind up until this year, uh, maturing and, and progressing, uh, not maturing, pro- progressing to the point where we would have wanted him by now, you know, Lafreniere one year behind him, I think passed him in, uh, uh, you know, in, in development, but he definitely impressed. He had a great preseason, and uh, he he didn't miss a beat. He's uh, uh, he's definitely proving that he he belongs on that first line on that top six. <clears throat> so kudos to him. And I don't know if anybody has mentioned the name Jimmy Vesey on this call. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very impressed with with him. Um, you know, I like a lot of people when they resigned him said, why? Um, this is not the same kid that we had first time around. He has matured. He is effective. Um, he, he, he is great. Uh, you know, in that third line role, uh, fourth line, I'm, I think he's bouncing between the two. I'm not sure. Uh, but you know, he, he, he's, you know, everything you want out of uh, out of a guy in that role, chewing up minutes, he's aggressive, he hits people now. You know, this is not the same little scrawny little kid we had first time around. Uh, I like him. Um, I remember when when we signed him, one of my Devils fans' friends um, said, no, 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 trust me. I, like, I loved him on it. We were terrible last year, but I loved him on the team, and, uh, you, you know, you're going to like him this time around. And he was right. Um, so I'm very impressed with him as well. Um, as far as the finances go, um, yeah, I think it's pretty much been said. I'm not really, you know, breaking down the salary cap, not, uh, you know, and, and available moves, waivers, that kind of thing. That's, that's RP's, uh, you know, he, he's our, 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 he's the accountant on the call. He's, uh, he, he's the show's uh, contractual expert. So I'm just going to, Thumbs up to everything he and uh, and Glenn added there. Uh, I have really nothing I can add on the uh, on the finance end of the business. Um, it's just yeah, they do not have a lot of breathing room. That part I know. Um, so as far as any trades to to beef up, uh, you know, any holes that make themselves apparent as we go on, um, I don't know. <laughs> we'll just have to take that as it comes, and you know. Like someone said, uh, hopefully it doesn't come to that because other than, you know, improving on some things, they uh, I don't really see any holes, uh, any gaping holes at this point, um, you know, that, that need to be uh, filled in a trade. That is assuming that, uh, that Jack, Zach Jones does develop into uh, what Schneider did last year. Other than that, not really. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, this team has – is in a lot better shape than most teams. That does not mean we cannot improve. Listen, we are in very a great position right now with a mix of veterans, uh, 
uh, all stars, MVP type of players. Uh, want to see? You know, I don't don't want to nitpick on Kreider. We talked about his goal explosion last year, and those those should come as far as especially with the power play. But uh, if he doesn't pick it up, I believe that second line would definitely pick up the slack. You know, and and, and we want to see. Um, you know, the Cacos, like, he skated well. There was that one goal uh, in Minnesota. Uh, him, just him staying on his grind. Him and Lafayette, I definitely keep in tabs with as far as getting going, especially Lafayette, because I think he can get going a lot. Um, through the first couple of games, I that's just, you know, he was, he was aggressive, and that's all I can ask for out of him. He wasn't being passive about it. Um, and as far as everybody else, uh, the depth, you know, I think a little bit of the injuries kind of hurt us last year. I like the hitting. Uh, uh, it's good to see Sammy Blay out there. And, and like, and, and let me go back to VC. That's a good point. Um, different circumstances, you guys already know. He could just, just blend right in. What I thought, like Glenn said last week, where he was kind of like the spotlight when all these teams named Buffalo, Nashville wanted him. He had a, like a target as far as or a spotlight on him to do well, where he does not have that the second time around at all. Like it's like he could just come in and just do his job, and he does it real does it well. He's a big guy. Uh, he'll take some penalties for you, uh, and um, actually give you a little bit of a scoring threat as well. I mean, the balance on this team is fantastic. Uh, I mean, you saw the odds in Vegas as far as the the chances of winning. And, you know, all we got to do is stay the course, just tune up a little bit on the defense, and it will come, you know. And we talked about the Shesterkin factor last year as far as how many starts he's going to get, and a lot of Ranger fans were concerned about that. And I think through one year, uh, last year, he proved it. Um, I'm not even upset about that Winnipeg game. Sometimes those things happen. Uh, they tied it up in the third period. Uh, uh, but, you know, they got – it got away from them a little bit, and they came back and just put it on the Ducks. Like, they should in the next bounce-back game. It's not like it was – they had that – I wouldn't even call it laying egg in Winnipeg. I just think they came back, they lost to Winnipeg, came back against Anaheim and just really just toyed with them. And, like, it was just no contest at all. It was, it, it, they, they're they they're ready, man. They are ready. Um, yeah, RP, I mean, if we're really looking at the, 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 the ledger, if we're looking at the books – just a nitpick, man. We are in great shape, man. <laughs> That's all I see. Yeah. Uh, I have no complaints, man. Um, anything else you'd like to add before we go right down to the guys and get their final thoughts? Uh, I, I don't. I don't see. The only thing I say is the young guys just step it up a little bit just to see a little bit of growth. If I was to say something, if the veterans last year did their job last year versus the year before that in that strike year in the fifty-five games. That's where I thought we kind of lost out edge to the Bruins. But the veterans, if they stay the course and let's see get Kreider get back going, uh, that's how I feel and as through the first four games. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it, it's a small sample of the four games, but scoring goals, the power play looks phenomenal. The penalty killing has been strong. They're using a lot of players. You know, D.C., Kreider, Kako, Lafreniere, Zambanaj. The, the, the penalty killing is, is top notch. They're in a good spot now, but let's remember it's early on in the season. There's a lot of hockey to be played. You want to keep growing. You don't want to peak now. So there were just, you know, things you got to polish up on defense. Their faceoffs have been good. You, you just want you want to grow from this point. That would be phenomenal if the Rangers can keep getting better and then really peak when the playoffs start. Um, the thing with Patrick Kane is he's making 10 million this year. 
by the time the trade deadline comes down, he'll probably have two, two and a half million dollars still owed him. The Rangers couldn't afford that right now on their salary cap. They wanted to get him to help with the power play. And if the power play is going to continue to look as good as it does right now, I don't think they need him. If the power play continues the way it is with the skill that they have. So, you know, you can, you're going to hear all season the Penguins, uh, the Rangers, and a couple of other teams are all in the mix. I, I think it's a long way to go. And it's going to be a short-term rental deal again. It's going to be another Andrew Kopp, Frank Vetrano kind of thing. He's going to come. You don't want to give up too much because you don't know if he's going to stay or not. You don't know if he's going to retire. He's coming off an eight-year contract. So I, I really don't know where that's going to go. Uh, I do know you're going to hear rumors throughout the entire season until March when the trade deadline hits. So it's just something mm-hmm. to talk about and see what happens. But the Rangers have a lot of other things going on before they have to worry about a Patrick Kane deal. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's uh, let's see. We've got about 15 minutes left. So I don't know, Glenn, if you have anything like to ask RP or Scott or anything on upcoming games uh, through the first seven games uh, through one week of hockey, what are your thoughts as far as anything else you'd like to bring to RP, myself, or Scott, and we'll go from there. Well, I mean, I think, you know, in upcoming games, what you want to see from this team is not give away points uh, against teams that you shouldn't give away points. And obviously that's something that every team tries to do. And, uh, you know, there were some uh, games back two years ago uh, we talked about where, you know, the Rangers got into the play-in round, but, you know, they lost points to the Devils, to, to Buffalo. Um, so you want to see this team take care of business against the teams that they should uh, I 100% expect that they will, uh, and I think that, uh, you know, as far as, uh, you know, if we look at some of the other top teams in the league and want to say, well, you know, let's play them and see how the Rangers measure up, I think those teams are going to be looking at the Rangers and, and saying, let's see how we measure up against the Rangers. So, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, that's what you want to see from this team, a little more consistency, uh, with team de- defense, uh, just, uh, you know, I think this is the type of team, especially with Igor in that, that is not going to go on any kind of prolonged losing streaks. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think all bodes well for the future. Um, I just wanted to, I wanted to commend Scott for bringing up Jimmy Vesey. I kind of forgot about him, but, uh, um, you know, when he was on the bubble of making the team or not, I think we all kind of agreed that uh, for the role that he's being asked to play, we all hoped that he was going to make the team. And uh, now that he did and we've seen him, um, you know, I think he's everything that we could have asked for. He's he's a different player than he was when he got here the first time. And, uh, you know, I think that's one of the strengths of uh, Gallant is that, uh, you know, he he moves – lines around he moves players around depending on the situation uh i think there was there was one game i think somebody mentioned i don't remember which game it was where he he put the kid line back together again after a goal uh he's got guys like uh goudreau and vizi who you know he can move up and down the lineup and i think he does that uh like a master um so uh i think that's one of the strengths of this team and and you know you credit Drury for that too for bringing in guys that are so versatile that they can play different roles move them around on different lines and uh you know they'll still contribute to to what the team is trying to do um one thing 
that uh, just made me think of when we were talking about how much improved Kako is, and maybe this is something not for tonight, but that we can talk about down the line. Uh, I know it's still early, but uh, if if we really feel like Kako is starting to blossom, um, we might at some point during the season want to do a uh, – uh, um, a uh, Jack Hughes versus Kako Kako uh, Kapo Kako uh, conversation and say, who would you rather have <laughs> based on what you've seen and, and what you foresee in the future. So uh, I don't know if you want to tackle that tonight, Steve, with not a lot of time left, but maybe that's something that we can uh, touch on later in the season. Oh, I love those type of conversations, man. Yeah. Let's write it down in the notes and we'll bring it up in the future. Uh, next yep. uh, night when the Rangers are not playing, we can talk about that. Uh, Scott, anything else you'd like to add before we go to RP and then I'll, after that final thoughts from everybody? Yeah, I, I would like to delay that conversation as well uh, because as of now, um, I, you know, my head says I still got to go with uh, with Jack Hughes. Uh, that being said, uh, Kako so far has given us every reason to, at a later time, uh, have that not be quite an easy decision to make. So, yeah, definitely postponed. Um, and yeah, great point, Glenn, about, uh, beating the teams are supposed to beat, uh, the, the, the Anaheim game, uh, the other night, last night, uh, the Rangers have a long, glorious history of playing down to their opponents and, uh, you know, taking a terrible team at home and beating them three to two, uh, with a late goal or whatnot, and probably being outshot. Um, so the first three games, which they won two out of three, were all playoff teams, or all playoff caliber at least. Uh, you know, all three of those teams, I believe, will make the playoffs. Uh, so that's, you know, and two of them were on the road. We talked about the Winnipeg game and, you know, how they slightly get a pass there. So uh, it, it, the Anaheim was the first real supposed-to-be-terrible team. Uh, the You know, the, the – Islanders just put a touchdown up on them. So how do you respond after the loss coming home <laughs> against a vastly inferior team? Uh, this was not the typical Rangers. They actually treated Anaheim like the terrible team that they are. Uh, and like somebody else mentioned earlier, uh, that that scored, you know, it could have been six to two. That could have been 10 to two. Uh, you know, the, the goalie for all the terrible, well, not terrible, for all the times he got beaten, uh, actually made some decent saves. He robbed Trocek point blank with the glove, beautiful glove save. Um, you know, we could have had 10 goals in that game. So it was nice to see uh, the Rangers respond after a loss by treating a terrible team like they, the Rangers, like, like, like they don't even belong in the same ice because they didn't. And uh, it was good to see that uh, not playing down to Anaheim in any way at all. So definitely, uh, you know, good things uh, to take out of each game there. And well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this yes. about Minnesota. I mean, they had two times they were up four on in Minnesota. Minnesota is good, dude. I know you know that, yeah. but like, like that's what I'm saying. Like, it, I mean, it is what it is. They're all professional players. But what, what are your thoughts? What happened in Minnesota? Because I can't not, not, not forget about that. Like, that is a very good hockey club, and they beat the brakes off of them. Well. Uh, yeah, and and that's why it's uh, so beautiful to see. Um, you know, like I said, Minnesota really turned it on uh, when it was one nothing Rangers, and 
you know, the Rangers stopped the bleeding with a goal and then pretty much took over after that. And then, uh, you know, they, Minnesota tried to hang around a little bit, but, uh, you know, yeah, that's a very good team. That's a very hostile environment. I've been there. I've been to a Ranger game out there and they lost. I mean, that's a great hockey town, uh, you know, hockey fan base there. Uh, obviously, you know, Minnesota, it's Minnesota. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, now that that's makes that Minnesota game all the more impressive that uh, that we could put a touchdown up on a, a team like that. So, um, yeah, we're you know e- even when we, we when we would play down to an opponent, we could still play up to uh, you know we treated everyone equally. <laughs> you know, Rangers were all about equality. Didn't treat good teams any better than the terrible teams. Uh, and this year, so far, small sample size, but so far it's good to see that they're not doing that. They can throw seven up uh, on, a, on a great playoff team on the road, uh, and they can uh, throw a six spot up on a terrible team at home. So, um, uh, yeah, so that, that, that's definitely refreshing to see. Uh, a lot, a lot, of, uh, lot of good signs here. All right, cool. Shout-outs to Scott. RP, anything else you'd like to add? I know we got a game on Thursday. Mr. Shark. I'm sorry, said again. Yeah, yeah, we got – yeah, upcoming games, Sharks on Thursday, uh, Columbus on Sunday. Now, we got next Tuesday, post-game, big game versus the Champs. Now, that's the mm-hmm. test uh, the next, within the next three. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, anything else you'd like to add before we go to Glenn for his final thoughts and Scott's final thoughts? Anything else you'd like to add? No, I, I agree with the guys are saying, you know, you got to win the games that you're supposed to win. And there's been a lot of uh, surprise hockey going on. I mean, the Lightning dropped another game to the Flyers today, 3-2. Tampa Bay's a real rough start. And I know when uh, I was watching the Senator Bruin game, the Senators got 7-5 with two minutes to go in the third. They're playing up to where everyone thought they would be playing after all the moves they made in the offseason. So there's a lot of um, – early on, there's a lot of not, – not surprises, but there's a lot of even hockey going on. There aren't a lot of – Surprise moves other than, you know, the Ducks lose to the Devils tonight. That, that's another no-brainer. The Ducks are just a, a, a weak, not a great hockey team. I don't have to say anybody's a weak team. But, you know, the, the Rangers have some good games coming up. They have their first battle with the Islanders next week, back-to-back after that. Something we're definitely looking forward to, considering for some odd reason that the Rangers only play the Islanders three times this season, and it's all before December. So I don't know where we used to play them seven times a year. Why would you take out one of the best rivalries in sports? And and the middle of the three, I, I don't understand how the schedule is breaking down. Um, they need to continue winning at home. They were a really strong hockey team last year on home ice. Um, they played two games at home this year. They're two and zero. I love the combo with Shesterkin and Halak. Even though Halak lost in Winnipeg, I thought he played outstanding. Uh, I mean, that game was 1-1 with four minutes to go, and Winnipeg was really getting some high-quality chances. I, I think our tandem this year is much better than when it was Shesterkin and Gorgiev. So, you know, that'll give Shesterkin a little bit more rest when needed, and whenever whoever's playing back up, Halak's going to have to find the Rangers 20, 22 points this year when he's playing in order for us to have a season like we had last year. And other than that, they just got to keep playing consistent hockey. We only lost three games in a row last year, once other than the playoffs. And this year they lost to that Winnipeg game. And bang, they come right back against Anaheim and they win and, and end the losing right there. 
and you, you like to see that. You don't get caught in those two, three-game losing streaks when bad habits come and, and all of that. So um, that, that goes with the coaching and the leadership on the team. And, you know, with that, let's just want to see them play consistent, keep scoring, and take it game by game as we always do. Without a doubt. Glenn, uh, give us some final thoughts. Give us a minute, man, just a quick minute, uh, final thoughts. Same with Scott and RP, we're out. Yeah, just uh, quickly about the Rangers. I mean, you got to like pretty much everything you've seen. We talked about, you know, team defense and a little bit of inconsistency in games. But other than that, they're 3-1. and one. Um, You know, like we said, the, the power play, the five-on-five, five, the PK, the roster structure, uh, you know, everything looks great. So, uh, you know, it's early in the season, and I only expect them to, to get better. Um, one last thing that I'll mention, Steve, and I guess we'll get, we'll get to it next week, is uh, you had mentioned at the top of the show uh, Calgary. Um, and I don't think I've ever seen a team lose the caliber of players they lost with Goudreau and Kachuk and not, and not skip a beat. I mean, that team, I haven't watched them a lot, but I've seen the scores and I've seen the highlights. That team is scary. Uh, we talked about the, uh, the divisions, and we figured that Edmonton was probably going to win that division uh, – pretty handily, but boy, I'll tell you, Calgary looks really good to start off, and uh, I'd love to talk about them next week. Cool. We could mention them in. Uh, we got the uh, post game versus the Champs next Tuesday, ESPN game. I can't wait to get our yeah. thoughts on that. <laughs> Another ESPN game. That's, that might be one where we have to see how we measure up. <laughs> oh, definitely. Oh, without a doubt, man. Yeah. Shout yep. out to Glenn. Scott, f- final thoughts? Uh, any... Uh, Episode coming through, man, on, on the YouTube, the, uh, the Face Off Hockey Podcast. Uh, yeah, we were going to do one uh, today, but uh, Patrick got tied up, so we're going to do one on Thursday. And uh, we'll obviously let you know, uh, we're one of our biggest fans. That might be our biggest fan. <laughs> um, I don't have anything else that hasn't been said, so uh, usually in this situation I might throw something out about television. But, Steve, I, I, I want to ask you a question on an unrelated note here. I'm in uh, – um, I, I need advice, and, and anyone else can chime in with their opinion. Um, in my NFL knockout pool, and everybody got trounced last week. It's down to me and one other guy. And I presented the option of asking the other guy if he wanted to split, uh, and he accepted. And now I'm like, you know, the part of part of me, of course, wants to, you know, go for the glory. It's uh, it's a thousand and forty, so it would be five twenty a piece, and he agreed. Uh, teams, I, I would be taking Dallas this week uh, at home against Detroit, and of course, there's no spreads in these things. I've also got Kansas City left. I've also got the America's team, your New York Football five and one Giants left. Um, I've also got uh, Philly left, I think, um, and he's got the same team, so. What, do you think? Do you think I was right to split, or should I uh, show no guts, no glory? No guts, no glory. Yeah, I agree. No guts, no guts. Wow! I can I'm getting crushed. Especially I, with the I, teams I can see. you have left. Uh, you got the Eagles. You got especially with the teams you have left. Yeah, but he's. I've seen him. You know, he posts the records of you know everybody's picks. He's got pretty much the exact same teams I do as well. Yeah, but um, all right, so everybody said uh, no guts, no glory. Uh, Steve, I didn't hear your answer. I, I, I'll I go opposite. Take the money, man. All right. I, I'll be uh, <laughs> that That 525 could get you a round trip, to, round trip to a game in California or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. that's the flight. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If that was a unanimous one, all three of you, I might not have been able to sleep tonight. So thank you, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's easy to say that with your money, Scott. So you know what? Yeah. I mean, with me, I probably would have split too. <laughs> so this this gives you some money for the casinos when you go to uh, see the Rangers play in Vegas. In exactly. That's how I look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Amen to that. Flight, spending money. You take take what you get, man. Take it, take it, take the money. Shout out to Scott, man. Thank you very much. RP, final thoughts, man. Anything, uh, articles coming down the pike? Man, I'm looking forward to reading something, man. Nitpick that uh, something. Before, before we can go to that, let me just ask. In, in the suicide pool, do you know the teams he's picking beforehand? Because Beforehand, no, pick, no. But afterwards, we, uh, we get the update. Now, that, that would be... Uh, that that would be cheating, because then no, you could then, strategize around that. Uh, no, I'm I'm actually glad. I think it would take away from the integrity of it. That's what then then you definitely should. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my final thoughts. I, I have nothing upcoming. I've been doing day by day with my articles. Been a little bit too much going on trying to get myself back into work. But you'll be seeing more content on both Forever Blue Shirt and Empire Sports Media. Uh, keep following me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, on the Blee Blue Show here. It's always great. And, um, you know, just keep winning these home games. Three more come up now. The Sharks, the Blue Jackets, and Columbus. No easy games. And then the Islanders in Long Island, which is almost a home game. So, you know, just keep picking them one game at a time. Don't take anyone lightly. And just keep shooting the puck because they are becoming that exciting team like they were last year. And when you keep scoring sevens and fours and, and sixes, you're going to win a lot more games than you lose, especially with Chef Circuit and goal. So I love the way they're playing. They have fun. You look forward to the games every night. And uh, just keep winning. <laughs> yeah, basically, and Al Davis, keep winning. Just win, baby. Shout out to RP. Glenn yeah, keep Scott. Um, yeah, I, I, we could definitely rack up a lot of two points between now and the end of October. Yeah. Uh, but that big test is definitely next Tuesday. That's mm-hmm. that's the one. That's the one I'm looking forward to. But uh, uh, three home games, and after that, a couple of road games. One still in you know Long Island and out west, uh, Dallas and uh, Arizona. But we'll talk about all that next Tuesday. And Glenn, I got it written down what you want to discuss uh, for next week as well. When we bring up on the post game after the Avalanche game at home. Uh, shout out to RP, Glenn, and Scott, myself, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We'll be back on next Tuesday, post-game versus the Avs, the Stanley Cup champ Avs. Glee Blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, 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 blee blue. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.
With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.